Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Packaging Europe podcast. My name is Elisabeth Skoura. So earlier this year, IPEA, the Active and Intelligent Packaging Industry Organization and Packaging Europe have entered into a strategic partnership aiming to accelerate the uptake of smart packaging innovation across FMCG at every stage of the supply chain as well as in retail. So um, this collaboration comes at a time when smart packaging solutions are with no doubt more urgently needed than ever. And uh, active and connected and interactive packaging innovation can have a transformative effect in a range of areas from eliminating food waste, fighting counterfeiting and market division, driving supply chain efficiencies, brand protection and consumer engagement, and also increase uh, recycling rates. So a few months into this collaboration, I thought it'd be a really great time to catch up with um, some of the um, key key people in IPEA. And uh, with me today is uh, Yves de Ferrante, who is Managing Director at the Association, and also Andrew Manley, who's IPEA's Communication Director. And together we'll discuss the collaboration with Packaging Europe and also discuss advances and innovations in the area of smart packaging and also um, take a look at maybe the um, the future of the industry. So um, yeah, welcome Eve and Andrew. Um, thanks very much for, for being on the podcast here with me today. Yeah, you're welcome. Glad, glad to be here. Ah, thank you. So um, yeah, to start us off, um, Eve, I was wondering, um, obviously you set up IPEA over a decade ago, and um, I was wondering, could you give me a bit more background to what uh, inspired you to set up this organization? Yeah, sure, Elizabeth. Well, the, I was managing in 90, from 95, I believe, I was managing uh, intelligent transport systems, which was a sort of same idea as this, like, okay, there are transport systems and how can we make them more clever? That time there, there was the upcoming of digital maps and, and smart highways, etc. So what, what I just did at a certain day was to put the word intelligent in front of many industries. Uh, intelligent buildings, uh, intelligent construction, intelligent packaging, and just look, you know, what's happening in this industry. So um, that's what I like to do. If there are new developments somewhere to see uh, what, what's, what's going on in the world. So intelligent packaging came on my desk and I thought, let's have a look at that. And I found out that was a few years later, I, I found out that intelligent transport, uh, intelligent packaging existed, but it didn't, but also it didn't exist. There was nothing really organized. There was an industry, there were ideas, companies were developing things but it was not structured. So that was my inspiration to set up an association and to see if I can help this industry forward. That was it. I started it. And you know, that, that's what you do. You know, let's see if we can make this work and help, help this industry a bit. Great. Yeah. And we're going to touch on a bit later in the podcast about um, all the sorts of um, developments you've seen in that time and uh, advances of, of which I'm sure there have been plenty. Um, but I also wanted to know, Andrew, obviously you're also equally long-standing part of IPEA. Um, how did you end up becoming a, a part of it? Well, my, my entry into the packaging industry was in 1977, believe it or not. Um, and apart from a short time in the machine tool sector, I've been there ever since. 
uh, and spent 20 years as head of the UK's Processing and Packaging Machinery Association. Um, hoping to start that exhibition, which still runs, and also their magazine, Machinery Update. Um, I eventually, um, after um, a few twists and turns, I found myself in Holland and through a, a, a colleague in the International Packaging Press organization, um, bumped into a chap called Efter Ferrante, um, who was in need of some help in English translations for his new IPA. Um, and we, we kind of hit it off and his expertise in organization and networking and my expertise in the packaging sector and contacts were therein um, seemed to marry out together very well. Um, and I was very excited by the new technologies he was talking about, because I've always thought that the packaging industry needs to find ways to show how important it can be to everyone in the supply chain, particularly the consumer, who usually thinks of it as a nasty piece of rubbish that needs to be thrown away, um, rather than all the good things that it does. Um, so I, I ended up working with AFE and right from the beginning, and um, here we are today. And, so and maybe um, an, an interesting um, aspect of it is that at that time, I didn't know anything about packaging, not at all. <laughs> so I. I, I had the idea and I resist um, the temptation to say he still doesn't, but well, no, no, no. <laughs> luckily I Absolutely. found, uh, I met Andrew who's a diehard in the packaging industry. So that made IPR really make a big move forward. Sounds like your um, your skills and knowledge complement each other very well there, absolutely. And um, yeah, I was wondering, obviously, the uh, area of smart packaging is uh, very wide. And I was wondering for our listeners who are not so familiar with um, with IPA and the organization's work, um, what areas does it actually cover within within the packaging industry? And what, what is yeah. what is there sort of? Yeah, well, let, let me try to explain. I mean, we get these questions, of course, many times you know, from family and friends, uh, what, what is it, active and intelligent packaging? So I have a very simple explanation, which I always use, uh, which, I mean, we're now talking to the packaging industry in this podcast, so uh, they will know. But um, I mean, active packaging is, is, uh, is, um, is a technology which you add to the packaging, which has an influence on the product. Most of the time, extension of shelf life. So that the broccoli doesn't last seven days, but 12. And then uh, intelligent packaging is a technology which you add to the packaging, which knows something about the product. Where is it? Where does it have to go to? Where does it come from? Where, how is the condition, etc. So it's, we don't look at the packaging itself, like if it's PET or glass or carton or whatever, uh, we look at what technology can you add to the pack to make it either active or intelligent. And I'd, I'd add to that um, just very briefly. Um, um, some of these, you know, you can't take active and or intelligent in splendid isolation. Some of these things can work together. Um, and the ultimate objective is, A, as I said, either to extend the shelf life or, or reduce the um, uh, um, perishability of a, a product on the active side, um, 
uh, on the other side really connect with the with the um the consumer or along the supply chain to to monitor the condition or the whereabouts of a of, of a particular product and and also to authenticate it or 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 um make sure that the provenance is accurate so you know those those kinds of things and um obviously you're both um industry um stalwarts and and veterans and you've been uh, you've been working in this area for a long time and in in that period of time how have you seen um active and intelligent packaging grow and develop um during that time to be honest the growth and development in the first i would say annual five or six years of uh, ipr existence was uh hard or very slow uh, everybody talked about it, but this industry was really looking to find themselves. What are we going to do in, in active or intelligent packaging? And um, Can I just yes. pop in and say, I yes, think, please. you know, the first five years, as Ace just really said, was very much proof of concept. You know, people didn't really understand it, and therefore they didn't really get why they would need to have it. So it was, you know, proving that RFID tags work and that QR codes could did have a useful life either uh, uh, rather than running you to a, a boring old website and um, the active um, additives to plastics or, or, or some such thing, usually plastics, actually works and does actually um, extend the shelf life or reduce the um, microbial contamination. Um, so we had to start really explaining from the the basics, and that was probably the the, the first five years, eh? Yeah. Yeah, really? I, I I think so. And and after those five years, and I you know, we, I think we can also say that IPR played at least a small role in this uh, by bringing the right people together. We our events were at the beginning very small but really very inspiring and we really brought the right people together in a room and and ask them or tell them okay now sit together and discuss what are you going to do in this industry and our role and that's still an important role is we always from the beginning uh, tried to um, invite the brands with it and ask them okay there are a lot of uh i say technology providers but brands please you tell them what you want from them otherwise the technology providers can go their own way and they develop things which at the end you might even not need so the bringing together of the right people and i must say smart smart packaging has a very complicated ecosystem um bringing the right people together was the role of ipr and that made uh besides all the technological developments which were going really fast in the last five years made uh, the growth happen i think i think adding you know absolutely what afa said um the the thing that we found from the brand owners was that they became a bit more familiar with the technology um but they were sort of saying well what does it solve for us you know come to us with a solution um, rather than silos of technology that we don't really understand how they fit together to help us do a certain thing. And they had they had issues that could help, uh, as a pack, smart packaging could help with, but they needed this network 
to try and bring both the but both the technology providers together to offer a solution and also to try and explain it in more coherent terms to the brand owners and the retailers. Oh. Um, I mean, now possibly we're in the next, the third five-year phase, and that's really, um, they, they get it now. Most of the brand owners get it, and most of the retailers get it, although the retailers I have a um, uh, l l less... Um, enthusiasm for because they're very slow to adopt new technologies um but the the brand owners certainly get it we get we're getting a lot more interest in 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 that right across pharmaceuticals apparel food beverage whatever um but the thing is to get them to take the big step to implementation at a scalable level and something like the holy grail project with the with the sorting of, of of plastics technology which fits very conveniently with their sustainability agenda which is very much top of the agenda everywhere yeah. um but that chimes very well with that so they're looking for they're looking for value and they're looking for a return on investment so this five-year phase is very much about getting that into the into the ecosystem and 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 what you see nowadays is that the topic smart packaging or active and intelligent packaging is uh, a bit more organized within the brands so sometimes we see they uh even appoint a smart packaging manager or at least r d department with which has the topic smart smart packaging on there agenda so it's um this takes time always but they're slowly getting used to it yes it seems um there's a lot of potential there and um it's great to sort of get the word out there what um what the potential is and it's great to be to for that to be seen to be taken up as well um on... it doesn't cost the earth really you know mm. it, it is value not cost mm. which is something that you know is really a question we get asked a lot and uh yeah on that note i'd like to look a bit deeper at uh, smart packaging scope and um how would you say could it answer some of the challenges the world faces today such as uh, boosting sustainability or reducing food waste or increasing um, product safety all those topics which you mentioned sustainability food waste product safety are um on the highest on on well on top of the list in smart in smart packaging at the beginning let's say the first five years when the industry was still looking for what are we going to do with smart packaging it was more like uh getting in touch with the consumer when he scans a product he gets a nice video or some or he goes to a website with some information on the product to how can we really engage with the customer and let them do something. And sustainability, reducing food waste and product safety are on are the top three topics at this moment. I think the um I think that the COVID thing pointed up food safety and security very much. Mm. Um and and obviously the industry, uh, the packaging industry and the supply chain industry or logistics industry has had to respond to that. And and uh, it's quite clear that smart packaging has a, a, a few of the answers to that, um, particularly for things like perishable foods or, or sensitive foods. Um, but we can also add 
things like um, compliance in the um, the pharmaceutical sector, can't we, Ove, really? You know, um, yep. $40 billion worth of medic- medications get wasted in the US every year. And that figure came from a few years ago. So I expect it's more than that now. Yep. Um, and if we can do something to actually change that and 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 divert that money into more useful things than yeah. being chucked in a in a waste bin yeah. um what, what, then what then we, that's yeah. gonna be a big plus for smart packaging yeah what what we really believe also is that um if you want to influence the behavior of the consumer for example to for better recyclability or reducing food waste, you can, we believe that it's only technology which can really, that only technology can really influence the consumer. You cannot teach the consumer to uh, reduce, to reduce food waste. I mean, obviously, you know, things like authentication, provenance, anti-counterfeiting, um, are all very important. Um, but what surprised us right at the beginning of all this process was that the, the brand owners were much more interested in the consumer engagement aspects of smart packaging than, than, than the other bits, really. I mean, it was all about, I think the agenda's changed a bit now because of sustainability and because of food safety and security in that particular bit. Um, but we should never underrate the fact that in a in a very highly competitive environment, even the big brands need to form a relationship with their with their um, um, cons- consumers, and how a lot of little brands have actually piggybacked on using being much more agile, using smart packaging, using technology, using social media, and grab some real significant market share away for some quite big brands. I mean, I, I'll always use the uh, example of the tonic water. You know, they they used to be you know, webs, um, and everybody used webs, webs. And now there are a myriad of these things, and they're all um, living very happily in the space. And it's webs who are having to fight back. And that that was because these guys were more agile, and used not just smart packaging, but technology to actually create a market share. Um, So, of course, of course, those you know the paramount things, as they've said, are, are food safety, security, provenance, and and anti anti counterfeiting or authentication. But but we should never forget the um, engagement aspect of 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 the um, of the technology. Absolutely, yes. I think it's um, that's a key um, that's a key point. It's um, attracting the consumer's attention or interacting with the consumer is key for for brand success um, and also be used for good in terms of like what the holy grail thing is doing and and tetra pack are doing it with with uh um putting things out for recycling um you've recently run a story about perno recar doing something uh, um there's visual impairment aids that are being done for kellogg's so there's all sorts of, of, of good things that you can do for 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 even minority um, you know areas um, visually impaired um, with, with smart packaging. It's it's uh, a very ubiquitous technology. 
Absolutely, yes. And um, you've given a few examples of applications there. I was wondering, do you also have an example maybe for um, how smart packaging can work in the area of extension of, um, of shelf life? Well, yeah, have been, when was that? Two or three years ago? No, four years ago, maybe already. We have been uh, part of a um, working group, Nanopack. Maybe, Enro, you can tell a little bit about that. That had all to do. Yeah, Nanopack was a three year Horizon 2000 project from the EU, which was the development of a nano technical technology based. Uh, food packaging to extend shelf life um, um, and it was made and the, the, the interesting thing about it was being made from all natural products yeah. so it was, um, um, it the, was the, the nano palisites as they were called were being derived from essential oils of, of herbs and things like oregano right. etc um, so yeah the, 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 they are, are, are um, uh, they did develop a, a, um, a, a viable um, film but whether it's um actually commercially available inside the eu is another matter because you have to go through the efsa process uh, of of approval for food contact material and that takes forever so i expect it still sucks stuck somewhere in that system but but you know there there um there are quite a lot of 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 um companies making things that whether they're coatings so it's fresh uh, putting coatings on the inside of a a, a strawberry punnet seal um which can delay the um the the you know delay the ripening process there's ethylene there's ethylene scavengers all over the place including a little sticker that you can stick on a mango um and that'll delay it because it's got the chemical in it um i think the thing i would say elizabeth is is that you don't see it that's the problem. The, uh, the, the active technologies are not visible unless it's a condition monitor label on a on a protein product, which changes color as the protein deteriorates. Um, but if it's just a coating or a, or a, a headspace um, thing in inside a, a pack, um, nobody tells you about it. So mm. they're a bit of a um, uh, an invisible. Um, benefit and um, what I'm trying to do at the moment is actually find out how many supermarkets and protein producers and produce producers are using that so I'll come back to you on that. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, Aptar is of course a good example of being very active in in this field um, so it the, the issue with it exactly what Andrew said it's a bit less sexy than intelligent packaging so people talk more easily about that topic than about how to extend the shelf life of a product. But it's uh, definitely high on our list. I mean, food waste, let's not forget, food waste is such a huge problem in the world. Uh, let's, uh, only technology can solve that. So mm -hmm. let's, we, that's definitely high, high on the list at the, at the association. And uh, from um, where you're sitting, obviously, you have a good overview of the um, industry. What would you say, um, what smart packaging innovations have impressed and excited you the most and, and, and why? Well, this also is difficult to say because we don't want to point at, I, I would say what is interesting is um, the 
item level identification, which means every single product has its own identity? Yeah, that's a sort of a GS, the development of GS1 is mm. very exciting. Yeah. From my personal point of view, purely because it's so entertaining, augmented reality yeah. um, it, it is, and can be used not just to entertain, it can be used to inform. Um, and I think you'll see a lot more of that. Um, I mean, what AFE was saying, you know, about item level identification, that's being enabled by digital digital technology. And we're, we're seeing the digitization of packaging. Um, QR codes containing huge amounts of information rather than just one or two simple messages. RFID tags not only coming down in cost, um, but, but also containing huge amounts more features used in wet environments, used on metal, um, read ranges going up. And the cost is now what, three cents, maybe less than that per item. Whereas at the beginning of this, this whole journey, they were 20, 30, 40, 50 cents an item, which made them totally unviable for item level packaging. They were okay for batching, but not for individual identities as, as AFE was, you know, talking about. So yeah, it's a, um, it's a very exciting time because there's a very broad range of development. I mean, RFID in particular is skyrocketing at the moment, and that doesn't come from me. That came from an industry insider. Um, a lot more development of QR codes, but we're still waiting for that big scalable breakthrough. You know, I mean, what Walmart have just started to mandate RFID tags on a lot of its products, mm. um, like 20,000 of them, I think. So all their suppliers are, are having to put RFID uh, technology into their systems. Um, that's one retailer. We need 10 retailers to do that. And a few of the, you know, the Nestle's and the Unilever's and the P&G's who are, who are all doing good stuff in this area, but we need more of them to do more. And, and I think they're there. It's just this cost v value thing again and getting it up in the agenda beyond the sustainability and recycling and using less plastics uh, story, which has rather skewed the whole packaging agenda uh, in the last four or five years. And, 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 and what I see as, um, I mean, that are the opportunities. There are also a few, and there's also a big roadblock. Uh, the packaging travels through the entire supply chain. So it starts at the brand, and it ends at the consumer. Um, but all those steps in the supply chain um, are siloed. It's his own world. And to be honest, we at IPR talked about this already uh, four years ago, five years ago, that if you make a packaging intelligent, if you add a technology to the pack to make it intelligent, you have to use this intelligence in every part of the supply chain. And that's not happening nowadays. Now, if they, the, the brand produces it and it goes to transport and logistics and a new, complete new world starts there with own codes and own boxes and own scanning equipment and own information, own computers, own data. And then it goes to storage and the whole world starts all over again. And then it goes to retail and you don't believe it in retail, it starts all over again. Own labels, own codes, own cash systems, own scanning and nobody knows who's doing what this is the definite 
roadblock in in the smart in the smart packaging industry we have to share this data all along the supply chain if we're not going to do that smart smart packaging will fail all this data which is generated in every part of the supply chain has to be accessible by every partner in the supply chain why would you scan a product in transport and leave that data there it's very interesting data the brand wants to know about it at the end you know the retailer wants to know about it the brand wants to know what's happening in retail smart packaging the future of smart packaging is 100 depending on opening up the supply chain and use the data all over the supply chain yes i think breaking down silos quite generally is always um, a very important um important thing um yeah. what but steps takes, do you that, think that takes years hmm. well what steps would you do you think would have to be taken to achieve that that um well, we, sort of, we, um, we made a small step. We we are uh, heading a project, also a funded project, smart packaging for intelligent logistics. Uh, this is mainly a Dutch project. Uh, it's a beginning because we say it's important. Um, we we want to extend that uh, globally in in a project. Uh, and build some build a system as an example for us and the state and the stakeholders come from all parts of the supply chain from yeah. um, from the producers through to the um logist through logistics into the into the retail and 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 beyond beyond into even into the consumer engagement we sh we should also mention that we have um worked with Accenture on a uh, on an important report that um addresses some of these issues about this as you so rightly said Elizabeth, the silos and it's not just between the interoperability section uh, within this it's within companies themselves and the bigger company the bigger the company the, the more silos there are so some smart packaging projects are wildly um uh, popular in one bit of the of, of of a company and then it gets to another bit and the guy goes mm, don't know about that and he gets stuck um, and I mean, that's not just about smart packaging, might I say, it's about all kinds of different product development and for um, packaging um, um, innovation. But but it, it, it's an issue which does. And the irony is smart packaging provides the answer. Smart packaging collects loads of data. But that's great. What do you do? You know, it's what you do with the data and you can share the data and it can actually um really show answers to all sorts of questions that that maybe you didn't know you had but could actually inform you in in ways to streamline processes and streamline supply chains and get new product development underway in a much more coherent and 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 interesting way uh, oh not interesting a coherent and an economic way might i say so i um, the the the, the the report is actually available free of charge to download, um, and I do recommend any of your readers who want to, um, they can they can contact us or um, uh, I'm not sure whether we haven't got a link on our yeah, website. Yeah, it's, 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 it's on our it's on our website. You can you can uh, um, and where they can just download this report, yeah. which is which so is the, very enlightening. 
Yeah, so we, our idea is that the future of smart packaging is completely in the hands of the restructuring of the use of data in the supply chain. That has to happen. And then it's a bright future. Absolutely. Yeah, hopefully, um, we'll um, move to this bright future together. Yes. <laughs> and um, so yeah, on that subject of um, walking to a bright future together, I was wondering, um, how would you say has the collaboration with Packaging Europe already influenced um, the scope of IPEA? And um, how do you, what do you see, how do you see the um, collaboration progressing and um, bringing? Well, you know, Elizabeth, uh, four or five years ago, we met in a augmented reality studio in Amsterdam, didn't we? Mm, that we, is correct. Yes. Yes. So we <laughs> we made a short movie on with an example on uh, augmented reality for packaging, and um, I mean that I, I'm I'm giving this example because that. Um, really shows that we are already friends for a long time right we're working together for a long time uh we like you you like us mm. um so for us uh, i mean everybody understands that COVID didn't really help us the last two years uh so we needed to uh, look for ways to come back even more strong than we were and um well you know packaging europe is a fantastic partner it's a group of young fanatics and we like that <laughs> so um yeah um we truly believe that it will make ipr stronger you have a big network to be honest you are a bit more professional in all the online and digital um, meetings and events what you're doing uh, so that gives big opportunities for IPR. And we, we bring our knowledge and know-how of the industry and let's just make it grow. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, obviously, um, I'm responsible for the newsletter, Elizabeth, so <laughs> I'm a journalist like you. Um, and anything that gets it to a wide professional audience of of um readers um, and you certainly have that beyond our own which was already reasonable but you've got uh, you know a, a whole new world out there for us um it is a good thing it takes um, the messages about smart packaging to a wider audience um and as a said you know your experience of of um digital marketing and 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 event organizing is is um probably a bit more modern than us crusty old fogies. But, uh, uh, um, you know, we haven't done half bad with the um, Congress, but we do need now after the pause for COVID to take it back even stronger than it was before. And PE is certainly going to help us do that. Absolutely. Yeah, we're look, really looking forward to that um, event. So um, as you just mentioned, Andrew, obviously, uh, yeah, Packaging Europe will be um, help organising and run the annual IPEA Congress, which is the flagship event for smart packaging. And um, this is taking place on November 14th and 15th uh, in Amsterdam. And obviously, we're looking forward to welcoming as many as you there as possible. And um, yeah, check out Packaging Europe and all IPEA's website for more info on that. Um, so yeah, I have one final question. I think it's always nice to get the crystal ball out at the end of a podcast. And um, yeah, I was wondering what 
potential do you see for smart packaging and how do you think it could develop in the next five or even 10 years? Well, you know, it's, it's a, a bit back to um, what we said before, the potential of smart packaging is huge, but uh, the supply chain has to be restructured and that will happen. It will happen, but it needs time. And if that will happen, and then it will be changing the idea of the changing the, the behavior in a supply chain is not easy. We're, uh, we're, it, we're working on it. But it will happen because I think, you know, certain big brand owners and certain retailers are waking up to the fact that they need to do it to make themselves more, more efficient and more um, profitable. I mean, that, you know, the big P word, you know, how do you increase the margin in a very low margin world? And, um, you know, I, I, I'm a, I get a bit baffled sometimes because why would you not want to save food wastage, which is coming effectively off your bottom line? Why would you not want to save drug wastage? That, that, that could be ploughed back into new product and new drug development and making dr um, uh, um, better drugs and getting them out into the right places. You know, it's not going to, it'll, it'll improve the bottom line, um, not, not um, um, diminish it. Um, so that, that, you know, it, as I say, I, I didn't say this, but the, 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 the use of, RFID is skyrocketing at the moment and the use of QR you're seeing more and more in more sophisticated ways so provided that momentum continues and there's a, a push from from not only legislators but the brand owners and retailers and a pull from the consumer I think we have a bright future let's go for it Absolutely. Yes, I think that's a, that's a great note to, um, to end this podcast on. That just leaves me to say um, thank you very much again, Eve and Andrew, for being here today and for uh, sharing your insights with me. Well, you're most welcome and happy to do so and uh, hope we can do it again. Mm, absolutely, yes. Come back in five years and we'll tell you some more. Hopefully. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, yes. might, I might not, I might not, but he will. <laughs> I'm sure you will as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you will. All righty. Okay. Thank, thanks to all the listeners and yeah. join us. Yes, absolutely. Join us at the um, live event in, yeah. uh, in person on November 14th and 15th. And obviously, also make sure that you subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any new episodes. We've got a new one coming out at least once a month. Thank you.